Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Hallelujah. Mary was right. We can't see you. Amen. We are standing in this glory. <laughs> Please be seated. What an amazing thing to come to the house of God one more time in the evening. Don't you think it's a good idea? I think so because several of you have come back and uh, that means you like the church. Uh, that's a good thing. Amen? Because uh, uh, people think that going to church is such a big drag and, uh, you know, stay away from the church. Because things have changed. Because there were times that, that people can't wait to go to church. So many meetings every week. You know, and Sunday mornings and Sunday night. And, and, uh, and now these days, the meetings have been cut down, you know, on one reason or the other. You know, midweek meetings of the wind. And uh, Sunday morning, just the only thing that stays these days. But it is good to see all of you come back to church in the evening. And it was an amazing, awesome time of worship. Rachel did a good job. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And worshiping God, singing uh, praises to him is the greatest blessing in the life of every one of us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And uh, once again, I thank God for this church. And I want to publicly acknowledge and thank uh, what Pastor Ross said. Uh, the largest supporter of our ministry in India. Amen? Yeah. It's not that you are the largest church. I preach in larger churches than yours in this country. But you became the largest supporter. The reason is, largest church does not mean much because it is the largest heart that matters. Amen? This church has got a large heart. Amen? Until your heart is right, it's very difficult to give to God. Have you found that out? Amen? It's very difficult. When the, when the heart is right, giving becomes a pleasure. Yeah. It's a joy. And, and keep on giving. Keep on giving to the Lord. And it's never ends because our God is not a debtor to anyone. Amen? You cannot outgive God. I mean, the more you give, He will give much, much more in your life. Amen? I believe that many of you have tasted God's faithfulness. God's generosity and God's blessing in our life. Amen? Well, the work in India continues to grow and your prayers and your giving has made such a big difference. Uh, orphanages have been built. Bicycles have been bought. Several pastors being supported month after month after month uh, for years. And um, people responded. Every time when I come, given generously to take care of the needs over there, and uh, on behalf of all my pastors, on behalf of my wife Joyce and 
my three children who are working with me, we all working for the Lord as a family and um, glorifying his name. We want to say a big thank you. Amen? Well, all we can give back to you for your giving is our prayers. You know, we don't have anything else to give back to you. But I promise you, our prayers will always stand with you. Amen? And we are good praying people. I promise you that. I mean, we are serious in our prayers. When we start praying, it never stops. And we pray for hours and hours. And my wife, particularly in our family, is kind of a, a, kind of a prayer pastor. And uh, I'm under her when I'm in the house. You know, this great man of God being told what to do when I'm in the house. <laughs> Not other things, but just the prayer thing, right? And uh, sometimes I sit with her for prayer. Like for Joyce, my wife praying is like, uh, like eating dessert. You know, she doesn't stop. She doesn't realize the man of God is busy. She doesn't realize I got to go and get some job done. Uh, it doesn't matter to her. You know, she'll keep on praying, keep on praying. And I still remember when our kids were small. Like we have a family prayer. People have been to our house. They all know you don't get any food without the prayer. No matter who you are, it doesn't matter. So... We have the family prayer is almost like a worship service, like um, five, six songs. And you know, sometimes I get a little weary. I try to put a stop on the third song, you know. So we are singing with these, these song books, and I'll take the song book and put it hard on the table, just trying to tell my wife, well, that's the last song. And he said, amazing, every time, when I put the book down, she will look at me with a little smile and say, how about one more song? <laughs> and what can it do? You are, a, you are a pastor. You cannot say no to the song. So I said, okay. And then the song goes on. And then we pray and we read the Bible all together. It's a kind of a one-hour one deal of family prayer. Kids were too small. And I sometimes feel sorry for them, but I cannot convince my wife. They have to sit and pray, it's good for them. Okay. You know, and we finish up that, and then we will go, and the kids go to do some homework and come back, and we eat together, and time for them to go to bed. And then my wife will say, All right, everybody come into our bedroom. So I said, What's that for? Well, we're going to have another prayer with the kids. We just finished an hour of prayer. And here all the kids sit on the bed. And here we go again. <laughs> prayer. So I may not be that excited to be honest with you. Don't tell her. But I'll keep quiet because it's prayer, right? And uh, so it's all done. And said goodbye to the kids. They go back to their rooms. And about half an hour later, she'll tell me, Let's go to the room and pray over the children. I said, we prayed for them. They'll be okay. No, we'll pray God's peace. And, and the kids are all sleeping. We're standing there praying for them. Anyway, the good news is it didn't do any harm to the kids. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. 
Everyone turned to be so good for God. Loving God, they're serving God full time in their young age, and uh, I will give that to my wife. Amen? Prayer is a good thing. And I want to encourage all the people, pray with your children. Have a family prayer in your home. Uh, that let you build a, an altar for God in your home. And it will be the greatest thing that you will do for God in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, the Lord has been good to us. And the work is going on good. And the country of India is not doing very good. Because the present government is very much against Christianity. They are persecuting the church. And they are not hiding it from anyone. They are blatant, open. And uh, pastors are being killed. And the church is being burned down. And uh, they have come up with an agenda saying that by the year 2021, they will wipe out Christianity from the nation of India. Well, and we are telling them, be my guest. Try it and see what happens. Amen? I don't think they can do anything like that. God will be with us. But we do face a lot of hard situations there. And we need a lot of prayers these days. Amen? Yeah. And um, so lots of persecutions. They try everything to stop the money coming in and stop the, uh, you know, like gospel work and evangelical meetings and all that has been, you know, stopped by those people. But we are still there. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. I always used to tell them, when the going gets tough, Abraham gets going. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. But I'm only five foot four inches tall. And I look at some of you guys around here looking like giants. But I have got a big guy behind me. Hallelujah. And he makes all the difference. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, God has been good, and our pastors are all struggling, suffering, uh, but still continue on with the work. And uh, we require to continue to support us. We have got some pastor's cards uh, we have, I brought with me so that you can sponsor one of them and by giving $2 a day. You know, $2 a day is not too much of asking. And... Uh, but your giving will make such a big difference to a family, to a pastor, his wife, and two, three children. And um, we can take care of them, put a meal on the table, uh, put a roof over their head, so they can continue the work of God. We got some pastors from orphan scars. They're asking for a dollar a day. That'll take care of hundreds of orphan children we have, so that we can take care of them and provide them a home. And the needs continue on. And uh, uh, just sharing this morning, I had, we have a family I go and minister to in Bendigo, a husband and wife and three little kids. Their children are about five, five years and three years and two years old. And they have been always supporting our ministry, this young family. And recently, they, their children told the mom and dad, we want to buy a school for build a school for the children in India. I'm talking about five-year-old and three-year-old kids. They wanted to build a school 
for the children in India. So the father and mother were frantic. He's got a business, and they were frantically trying to raise the money, and they, they did. And they sent the money. We were able to build a school for the children in a village area uh, in the most, uh, you know, um, crowded, uh, like, uh, state in India. We did it. So in this trip, I'm trying to raise some money to, uh, to furnish that school. And we're trying to raise money to buy a little school bus for the school children. So I'm believing God for $20,000 by the time I finish up my trip. And Pastor Ross said he'll take an offering tonight. And when you give, look at the money that you have in your hand to put in and say, hey, this is going to furnish that school those little kids wanted to build. Amen? And we can make a difference to hundreds and thousands of children in the days to come. Amen? And give and God will, will bless you abundantly. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, let me tell you a story that I said this morning. People ask about what kind of a pastor that I want to support. What does he do? And uh, so I'll tell you about a pastor. And this is uh, a, a poor pastor running a church in a little village uh, in the state of Gujarat. And uh, he was running this. He had a small rental place. And he was running this church with about 25, 30 people there. And the only musical instrument that he has was a drum. You know what a drum is? Have you seen that? You see it on both sides, right? Pretty, you know, just a, a horrible noise it makes. <laughs> but that's the only thing that you give, get kind of a you know, beat for your singing. So... He was running this church and the meetings and, and more and more as the days passed by, the people in the village were getting very, very angry and upset with his drum. The noise of the drum was not acceptable for them. But without the drum, the church is not there. So finally they decided to shut down the church. They came, they beat up the pastor, they tore the drum, threw it out and drove him out of the village. They said, never step into this place again. We don't want this, this Christian thing. And they threatened the man who rented the place also. So he was driven out and he went to another village trying to find a little veranda of a small house. And there he started his church. And it's going on. And about three days later, after he was thrown out, about 10 o'clock in the night, the, the same sound of the drum started to beat around in the village. The noise of the drums that they hated the most. So everybody got up and they said how dare he was to come back to the village. When we threw him out, he came back with the same drums. So they all got out and they were going towards the place where the noise was coming in and they could see it was coming from the same building. And they came thinking that he's inside they, as they came, they saw the big padlock hanging in front of the door. And when they opened it, nobody was there. And as they came closer, the drum beat stopped. And as they started to go back home, it started again. <laughs> they came back, and this was happening 
for about three, four nights. And then they said, well, it was not that bad with a man beating the drum. But now we are having a problem. There's no man, but the drum is still beating and there's no drum. <laughs> so they started to get worried about this. A fear started to grip into their hearts. And, uh, and together, they said, what are we going to do? And everybody joined together and they said, you know, maybe we should bring the man back. I mean, it will be more human thing than this kind of a demonic thing with no drum but too much of noise. So they went and got him and they said, please come back. I said, I'm not coming. You beat me up so badly. I'm going to stay here. They said, we won't beat you anymore. Come over. He said, I don't have any money to pay the rent. You don't need to pay the rent. We'll give it to you free. <laughs> so they brought him back and set him up in the same building. And then he started his church again. He had, he had the drums beat, but there's somebody beating the drum. Amen? And anyway, as the days pass by, every week, a family from the, from the village will come, and they will give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, one by one, one by one. And today, the whole village has become a Christian village because of this manless drum has drawn everybody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that is a pastor I'm asking you to support. That's the kind of man that I'm requesting you to, to give me $2 a day. So don't walk away. Phil, where is Phil? There he is. He is sitting faithfully waiting for you. So walk through to the Hall of Fame. And look at those great men of God sitting in a photo. And you sign up and say, I want to support that man. I want to support that family. I want to support that child. Please make a difference to our people in the nation of India. And I promise you that God will amazingly bless every one of you. Amen. Our Joyce runs 1,400 prayer groups. Amen. That is, she's leading 1,400. She loves it. And uh, 1,400 prayer groups means any given day, we have got 10,000 women praying. So when I say that we will pray for you, it is not two, three people sitting somewhere and praying. You are put in the hit list of 10,000 women. Amen? You cannot get out without blessing. You cannot get out without healing. Yeah, that's what we pray for. And God will bless you richly. Amen? Well, I wanted to preach a little bit. Is that okay? Please say yes. Thank you. Amen. Turn with me to the, to the book of Ephesians. I was preaching the same message twice this morning. So I thought, I'll give it a rest. <laughs> so, and I felt for people like Wayne and his family who have been coming to the church tw twice this morning, I felt sorry for them. So I thought I'll preach like Ashley is here, was there in the morning also. So I thought I'll preach a message uh, different 
till the morning, okay? As long as you promise to be nice to me because I'm nice to you, all right? Okay, turn with your books, whatever you have, okay? She's holding on to an iPhone and uh, anything that can read the Bible. Don't play games, please, when I'm preaching, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, we are reading verse 20 and 21. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. This Paul finishes the chapter talking about the greatness of God and what he could do for us. Amen. And he starts like this, now. And I want you to know that the now is a word that talks about our present time. It's not what God did for us in the past or what God will do for us in the future. But here is a message is for us now, for us here tonight. Now. So whatever God is planning to do, he's wanting to do that now in your life. Amen. You came here, you know, for the evening meeting. You took pains to come over here. And the Lord says, I want to do a now to you. Yes. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it says, to, a now to him who is able. Our God is a God who is having ability. Amen? Pastor Ross said this morning, he said, our God is not only able, but he's willing as well. Yes. Amen? Yeah. We've got too many able people, but they won't help us. But our God is not in that category. He's a God who is able, at the same time, he's willing to help yes. us. Yes. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that's the God I want to put before you for the next few minutes. It says that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Amen. We all know this verse by heart, but we really don't know what it means. I mean, it doesn't really make sense to us. What does it mean that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all the things that we ask? What does that mean? We always get upset with God because he's not even doing what we are asking. Are you with me? Just because it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to be. And you're telling God, where are you? And all these things, you know, you're expressing your anger and you're upset to God because he's not doing what you're asking. And here Paul says, no, 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 no. He does things which is exceedingly, abundantly, more than you ask. Amen? And you're saying like this, well, first of all, you do what I asked anyway. And then we'll think about the exceeding. Think about the more abundant things. But I want you to know that your God, 
My God is more than able to do everything that you and I need, more than what you ask for, more than what you imagine for, because that's the God that we serve, is a God who can do great things for us in our life. Amen? Hallelujah. He's able. He's powerful. Now the question is, how do we bring his ability into our needs? That is where the problem is. Right? That's where we've got a disconnect. He's able. He's willing. He wants to move on to this exceeding deal. And here I am stuck with my needs. And the needs are not changing. The body is not getting healed. The problem is not getting solved. But the question is, how do I bring his ability into my life, into my needs, so that my needs will be met? Amen? Otherwise, it will be something that is written in a book which doesn't mean anything to us. But God says, I want you to become like me. Amen? That is a plan for every one of us. Look at the life of Elijah. It always says he was just like a man like you and me. It repeats all the time. But look at him. And he became a man of miracles. Amen. Because he was able to tap into the ability of God and he decided in his life that I'm going to put that into action. Amen? Our problem is we don't put anything into action. We are so good at sitting and sulking. We are so good at sitting and complaining. We are so good at telling God, you always let me down. And God says, sit up and do what I'm asking you to do. Hallelujah. Amen? That's what God is asking us tonight. Because I believe that by the time we finish and have some prayer, I believe the power and the ability of God is going to drift from him into our lives. Amen? Do you want that? How many of you would like to just move around with a bit of, with of God's power in your life? Amen? Hallelujah. No more sulking but enjoying God's power. Bringing God's miracles and power in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's a time, three and a half years of no rain. And now Elijah is going to pray. He's just like a man like you and me, but he is going to bring rain. So he is going to pray. So he's a man who taps into the power of God. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Amen? And he's starting to pray, putting his head between his legs and bending over. And he's praying to God. Amen? And he's asking every time that he prays, and he's asking his disciples, go and see. What do you see out over there? He comes back and he says, nothing. The sky is as bright as ever. There's no sign of any rain. That does not discourage Elijah, but he stops to pray again. He prayed a second time. He prayed a third time. Every time 
when he's sending his disciples, he will say, I want you to come back and see what do you see? That is a secret of being able to see the way that God sees things. Amen? What you see is an important step of faith in the life of every child of God. What do you see? No rain. The sky is so bright. Fourth time. Fifth time. Sixth time. Every time he's asking the same question. Come back with a message and tell me. What do you see? And he goes on the seventh time. And he comes back and says, Nothing much, but I see a cloud by the size of the fist of a man's hand rising up. Amen? That's all he could see. And Elijah said, Did you see that? Yes, I did. And then he says, Okay. My prayer is over. I don't need to pray because the answer is rising up in the sky. Amen? In the natural, it doesn't mean anything much. It is just the size of the fist of a man's hand. But what the man, the disciple saw is not what Elijah is seeing. He looks into that small little cloud. He can see that there is a torrential rain that is put inside that cloud, that, that is going to come and pour down on this earth after three and a half years because that's what God is going to do. Yeah. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah. What do you see tonight? Can you see the little cloud rising up in the middle of your dryness of your life, in the middle of the famine of your life, three and a half years of nothing, Three and a half years of parched ground. Three and a half years of no, no, pl no planting, no harvest, nothing. But in the middle of that, the, the man of God is asking, what do you see? Yeah. All you need to see is a little cloud rising up. And I want you to see carefully tonight, right in the middle of all your wants and needs and problems. I want you to open your eyes and see because there is a cloud rising. Amen? There's a little cloud rising which is going to change everything in our life. Amen? What do you see? He said to King Ahab, pack up and keep going, man, because your, your chariot cannot handle the mud this rain is going to bring up. You're going to be clogged up in the middle of it. So you pack up and leave quickly. There's a torrential rain is coming. But where is it coming? Because I can see beyond the little cloud the power of God yeah. moving and doing a mighty work for us. Amen? Hallelujah. And the Bible says, he was on the chariot drawn with six horses and the power of God came upon Elijah and she started running he overtook the chariot and he kept on going saying bye-bye to Ahab. And he said, I'm going home because I have got God's strength put into my legs. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? What do you see? I want to look at the life of Jesus Christ. And how did he see men and women? We ask the question, what do you see? 
as a tax collector. One of the highest on the top level of sinners. Jesus walks up to him and looking at the tax collector in his business, he's already getting bribes. He's already cheating the people. And he walks up to him and looks through the window and he says to him, I want you to follow me. Amen? How many of us will choose tax collectors or the sinners or the drunkards, the murderers to come and join our ministry team? The reason is we are not able to see what they could become. That is a challenge. Amen? Jesus saw in the life of a tax collector, in the middle of all his messed up life, that Jesus was able to see that he is tomorrow's apostle. He is tomorrow's my man who is going to work with me, walk with me, uh, struggle with me, and he's going to stand with me, and it is not what he is today, but what he is going to be tomorrow. Amen? I got good news for every one of you. If we are going to look at you, and if we are going to look through your resume, if we are going to see what are the bad things that you have done, we are going to look at the mess that you have created in your life, well, you can rest positive that you will not pass. Amen? But tonight I am I'm presenting before your God who is looking at you not as a tax collector, but he's looking at you as tomorrow's apostle. Can he say amen to that? Amen? You're getting tired? I'm looking at the clock. Amen? I got a few more minutes. So why are you all getting upset? Amen? He saw a tax collector as an apostle sitting by the side of the well in Samaria. The, the, his disciples are gone. A woman comes. If you got a word of knowledge, you shut your mouth and turn your face on the other side because you shouldn't be talking to this lady. But he turns around and talks to her. An amazing conversation of Jesus with a woman at the well in Samaria. Five men living with a guy who is not the husband and telling her that she can have living water. Amen? You can have living water from me. She couldn't understand. She thought, well, I don't need to come back to drink, so give it to me. He said, bring your husband, you can have it, and we know the story. And from there, they started, the conversation moved on from there to worship. By the time Jesus finished with her, she left her pot at the well, and she ran to the village. And they, she has got a message to tell the people of the village. She said, I have found a man. I have found the Messiah who told everything about my life, whatever I have done. And I believe that he's our savior. Amen? Yeah. To everyone, she's a rejected woman. You shouldn't be talking to her, but to Jesus, she's going to be the greatest evangelist to bring the biggest harvest in that area. Amen? Hallelujah. What do you see? 
What do you see in your life? Are you not happy that uh, there's a God who sees through your life what you could become for his kingdom? How your life could be changed? How your life could be transformed? Because he is looking. The outcome of your life, your future, how you could become. Amen? Jesus rose from the dead next week. Right? Easter. And uh, he revealed himself to his disciples. Went there, put his hand out and, and talked to them. And they came and hugged him. And good time. And the Bible says that Thomas was not there. And Jesus left and Thomas came back. And Thomas said to them, if I only will put my hands in his wounds, in his hands and on the side, and then only I will believe that he rose from the dead. I always used to think, if I was Jesus, if Thomas would have said that, I would have excommunicated him from my church. I would have told him, you good for nothing. I've been walking with you for three and a half years. And all these guys told you, and even then you won't believe. And you are saying that you want to put your hands into my wounds. You're not touching me. Come on, get out of this place. We don't want him. Are you not happy that I'm not Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. But the Bible says Jesus came again this time only for Thomas. He came and stood there. And he said, where is Thomas? Which one? The guy who challenged you? The guy who could not believe you? Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, there you are. Come over. Thomas comes and puts his hand out and he says, come on, Thomas. Put your hand in. Check it out. Here, here. Put your hand in. He couldn't go through the process. His legs buckled and he fell down in front of Jesus. And he called out to him and he said, My God and my Lord. Amen. How? Why? Jesus reached out to him. Why he was not getting upset. You know why? Because he was able to see something that we couldn't see. That we will never see. Amen. He looked at that Thomas. And we even call him Doubting Thomas. That was only one time my dear friends. He was never doubting again. And he looked at that Thomas. What did he see in him? He saw that some time is coming. Days are going to happen. And this Thomas is going to get into a sailboat. And he is going to. Sail through the rough seas, day and night, days together, weeks together. And he will be facing the rough sea. He'll be facing the high waves. He'll be facing the loneliness, just him traveling through and traveling the, the longest distance that any, any disciple, including Paul, has ever traveled. He traveled from the Middle East right through the oceans 
and he came, and he came into a dark continent. And his little boat landed in a town in a state called Kerala in the country of India. And he came with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Nobody else dared to do that. Nobody else was willing to face the sea like Thomas did. Nobody traveled months to get to, the, to get to a place, a dark continent, a place of idol worship. And he came, brought the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He brought the Jesus into our lives. And here, 2,000 years later, from the same land where he landed, and God touched the young man at the age of 16, and he, he changed my life. And he made me a child of God. And he gave me a call into my life where I became a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, working for him and bringing people right from four corners of India. It's all because Jesus saw something in, in Thomas' life that nobody else was able to see. Amen? Hallelujah. What do you see? Jesus is seeing something good Something amazing in every one of your life. The good news is he trusts you. And my request to you is, would you please trust yourself? Would you please believe in him whose ability is far beyond your needs? He can do amazing things in your life. He can feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread. You need 21,000 loaves to feed those people. But he did it with five loaves. Isn't that amazing? Amen? Why? He's the one who can do it exceedingly abundantly than what we ask and what we are thinking. Amen? He's the only one who can put his anointing and his power into the life of a shepherd boy and make him to stand before the biggest giant of that time. And being able to look into his eyes and say, Hey, you are coming to me with a spear and sword. But I don't have anything in my hand. But I have the power. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord that you despise. And Goliath, you're coming down. Because I'm going to get you. Amen. How did that happen? It is the power of God in his life. And that power is flowing for you tonight. You came and you're going to go back with that power tonight. Because the presence of God is here. And he's looking at you. And he's asking you, what do you see? What do you see about yourself? What do you see about your life? What do you see about your future? What do you see about your ministry tonight? And God's answer is, I have... I see much more than what you see. I see an amazing servant of God. I see an amazing preacher. I see a miracle worker. I see God's power is going to be manifest. That's what I see. Are you ready to see what God is looking at you? Amen. Would you stop complaining from tonight or say, Lord, you have seen something good in my life. And I'm going to act according to that. I'm not going to put myself down saying that I'm no good. But I hear tonight that you are saying, 
I am good. I'm better than everyone else. You have got a plan. And you're going to take my life and use me for your glory. Amen. Ready for it? Stand with me. Let's pray together. Wonderful Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Little fist-like cloud is good enough for a torrential rain. Five loaves of bread is good enough to feed 5,000. Shepherd boy is good enough to bring down Goliath. It's all because what God has put into his life. What God has done. He wants to use you like that. He wants to bring his glory and honor upon your life. Are you willing to believe him? Are you willing to believe this God? Are you willing to believe yourself? Never say you can't do it. Never say I can't get victory over this. Never say that my life can never be any different. Tonight the message is just for you. Because God sees something amazing in your life. And the good news is he wants to make it happen for you. Amen. He wants to change your life. And he wants to heal your body. Don't say that my sickness will never be going tonight. Because Jesus Christ is here. He says, I see you as a healthy person. I see you fully well in your body. I see your business taking off. I see your family coming together again. I see peace in your family. I see strife put an end between the husband and wife. I see, I see, I see. And he wants you to have it tonight. Amen. Ready for it, friends? Are you ready to see what Jesus is saying? How many of you are going to say, Lord, I'm going to put an end to all these complaints and murmuring anymore. I'm going to move on for something new that you have got for me. And thank you because you're trusting me and I'm going to trust you. Amen? And I want to walk with you. Would you like to pray that prayer with me? If you really mean it, lift up your hands. Amen? And saying, Lord, yes, yes. I want to see the way that you see. I want to see you, Lord. Thank you for looking at me differently. Thank you, Lord, for looking at a tax collector to become an apostle. Thank you, Lord, for a woman of loose character to be the greatest evangelist. Thank you, thank you. Lord, I want to see like you, Lord. I want to see my life the way that you are seeing. Lord, I want you to change my life tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Some of them are dejected in their hearts. Some of them are almost willing to give up. Some of them are wondering what will happen to them. But tonight I pray that things are changing. Lord, let their hearts say, my things are changing in my life. I'm not going to lose, but I'm going to win. I'm going to be healed. I'm not going to be sick. My business will pick up. My family will come to the Lord. And miracles and wonders will take place because I believe in God's power and God's glory. Lord, do that for my friends, Lord. Bless everyone. Bless everyone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Tim, I want you to hear me. The Lord is showing me. He is standing there and, and bringing the oracles of God. Like God says, I will put my mysteries of my word into your heart. And I'll burn it into your spirit. And you'll bring out my message. 
where people will sit there and say, I've never, ever heard this. I never, ever thought that this is there. It is in the Bible. Because God has got a, a plan for you as a preacher, as a ministry gift, and the Lord will use you in a wonderful way. And I see that happening. I see that the Lord is doing that in your life. The Lord will use you, and He will glorify His name through your life. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Lord, you are a powerful God. You are a great and wonderful God. Oh, Jesus. Father, we love you, Lord. I see the Lord is doing, starting to do a work in many of your hearts tonight. I see a move taking place. There is a revival into your heart. There's a shaking that is taking place because you can sense that the Lord is touching your life. You can sense that the Lord is reaching out to you. You can feel that in your spirit. And when Pastor uh, Ross will give you a call, you know, you come forward and you dedicate your life. You give yourself for a new beginning because things are going to change for you. Tonight is going to be a new day for you with God's power being manifested. God's ability being used in your life that God is going to change you and lead you and bless you. And God bless you tonight. May the power of God rest upon everyone. I enjoy every time when I come. And once again, this time I enjoyed myself. I had a great time with Ross and Mary. I had a good time of relaxing, talking to each other, talking about the things of God. And God is, has given you a man not because he's just my friend. I want you to know that he carries an anointing. Ross carries an anointing. And he believes in God's amazing miracles. Not many people these days do. They think it's, an, it's the days of the past. But he believes and he will see that happen. And more so and more and more in the days to come. God will reveal his power and his glory through your life wonderfully. Amen. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.